Good morning, everyone. It's Dr. P, and welcome to the Daily Inspirational Podcast. Well, today we have a very special guest returning. His name is Big John, and he was featured on episode six of the Daily Inspirational Podcast on marijuana. John has an extensive background in the cultivation and understanding of marijuana and how it's utilized, so I wanted to bring him back on because I got great feedback from the first show that I did with John on marijuana. So today we're going to extend our conversation, and uh, man, I hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, here's our conversation. So listen, I'm so excited to have you back. I mean, there were so many people that... Um, commented on our last uh, podcast together about the marijuana and the conversation that we had. And uh, I thought it would be great to have you back on board. So thanks for coming. I'm glad to be back. Yeah. Um, it's funny, even some people in your family who hate your guts. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, they were like, gosh, yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. I thought you are. So you had a great sense of, uh, of what you were talking about and the conversation was great. So let's continue though. So I was hoping that we could recap for any new people in the audience that either didn't hear us before or kind of forgot the content, but, you know, we talked about marijuana and the fact that there are certain chemicals, which are those little cannabinoid chemicals in there. And that, um, I was hoping that you could give us a quick recap, a little bit about THC, CBD and what those mean and kind of the general idea of what's going on. Yeah. Um, so basically there's CBD and there's THC. Those are just two of many, many cannabinoids. And those are the two most popular ones right now. Um, like I said, there's over a hundred. Those are the first two that we've really identified and see the most medicinal benefit so far. But I have a feeling as time progresses, there's going to be many, many more that'll come out and the possibilities are endless. Do here. you think like if they come up with identifying new ones that they'll then be able to understand how marijuana has more, what its effects are, because there might be other things happening in the background, different cannabinoids we haven't studied yet? Well, yeah. So recently they came out, They a recent study said that like CBN, for instance, is another cannabinoid, which helps with sleeping a lot. Wow. So right now, after I, I'm guessing in a year or two, everyone's going to think about the CBN to help them sleep. You know, they're going to get off right. the sleeping medication, just go to something natural like CBN. Right. You know, I've noticed it, uh, that I use CBD oils in my practice uh, and people are doing very well with insomnia. Um, so, you know, it's funny that obviously we don't quite have the same money available in America to study this stuff, but it's very anecdotal that it seems to be making some sort of a splash in people's health conditions. I'm like, well, give it a whirl. Right. You know, it's kind of funny because when I'm in my practice, people will say to me, well, what do you think about this and that? And I'm like, listen, I, you know, if you ask me about diabetes, you ask me about the GI system, you ask me about brain, I can give you an answer to all those. I'm a man of science, but I don't have enough knowledge of this particular science because it's not allowed to be you know, studied as extensively as it is overseas and maybe Israel or some of those other countries. Um, but I, I'm, my statement to them is what you and I have seen so often in people is that give it a whirl. Right. You know, people aren't dying from marijuana. Well, it's a very safe drug to actually experiment with. Yeah. There's really no down side effects that we can really talk about. So as time progresses and we're able to study this more and more, you're going to see more and more of these anecdotal evidence become actual proof, you right. know, and, and that's yeah. going to be change everything. Yeah. And that comes with time anyway, right? Of course. Well, I mean, once legality comes around and people's perception of this drug right. comes around to it, eventually you're going to see a lot of more studies coming out about it. But in the meantime, we can't say definites yet because there is no studies quite yet on all of these. Right. And, and like anything else, man, you give it enough time, you give it enough focus, you give it enough revenue, then you can start to understand what's going on. Correct. Yeah. But I mean, the most important thing is the placebo effect. Right. You know, how do you actually know without a lot of studying? Because we all know the placebo effect is monumental, you know? Right. So yeah. who knows really anecdotally what's going on here yeah. until we actually can really study it. You know, the placebo effect is is a part of all medications that are on the market today by a magnitude of 35%. That means that if you take a medication for a blood pressure or for anxiety, 35% of the action of that drug, right off the bat, right across all drugs, 
is placebo. And that'll elevate and decrease a little bit depending on who's taking it and what their mindset is, is at that time. Right. You know, so smoking marijuana, people just don't smoke marijuana and then die like they do if they drank a fifth of Jack. Right. You know, so you kind of look at the efficacy and the safety of certain, uh, you know, stimulants. One would have to consider, you know, marijuana is at least safe. What you do when you have it, I mean, you don't want to smoke marijuana and run, you know, backwards on the pike right. on the way to Boston, right? <laughs> find yourself in a pretty bad place, right? It Correct. just doesn't make any sense. But so, you know, so we have TB, we have TB, yeah. We have, before you know, we're going to have all kinds of letters. I can't, I don't know what all these darn cannabinoids are. So THC, CBD, what's the general difference between the two? Well, so THC is the, obviously it's the high effect. You know, higher concentrations of CBD will get you this higher effect that you have when you ingest it. Like the buzz? The buzz, correct. It's okay. like alcohol, same same similarity. Right. And then CBD is considered its antonym or its opposite. So higher levels of CBD and ratio to THC will cause that high effect to dissipate. Right. So if you have, I've noticed in my personal experience, it's usually a, a two or three to one ratio. So if you have two times to three times CBD to THC, you will nil that THC high effect as we like to so say. So they're like a teeter-totter almost, like you're sitting on a, um, you know, one of those, what do they call those? The kids in the playground used to like sit teeter-totter. on? teeter-totter. I think yeah. it's a teeter-totter. A seesaw. A seesaw, a seesaw. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Where if one has heavy weight, like you have a ton of, of uh, CBD in the product, that the THC has to compete with that. Correct. Right. So THC technically would have, in this similarity would be heavier than CBD. So you would need more CBD than THC to balance out the teeter-totter. Okay, that makes sense. And the, so there are some things that we are learning about the dosages of the stuff, even though we don't have all the clear-cut empirical uh, data through extensive studies. But you can't turn a blind eye to this. Obviously, that's why we're doing a podcast, right? Correct. Because there are a ton of people out there who are finding benefit from it. But let's be honest, if you took two medications, there is absolutely zero integration in the research that we understand what levothyroxine, uh, a medication you would take for your thyroid, is going to do when you introduce it to a beta blocker for your heart. Right. We well, just don't know. Well, that's why you see on the commercials all the time, this new medication. And at the end, there's him rambling for about 30 seconds of all the side effects or... And you know, it's funny. That's just the medication that they gave. They didn't even consider what would it do if it integrated with another medication in your body. Correct. And how many people are taking a singular medication? Not right. many, right? They're taking multiples. Well, that's the... You just hit the nail on the head was... You don't know interactions between two different chemicals here. So we don't we haven't even had enough studying on this one chemical. Never mind them combining with other things. Right. You know, so people getting these anxiety attacks or things like that when they're smoking, right. it could be its interaction with something else they're taking. Right. You know, like, oh, I got really sick when I smoked. Well, did you have four beers before you smoked? Well, yeah. So obviously you got really, really messed up really quickly. You know? Right, yeah. So you don't- On an empty stomach maybe as well. Correct. Right? There's and nothing then, to compete with it. Well, yeah, and then the science is right off. The, all the variables that you just, you just think it's the weed, but really, no, it's it's all these other variables you yeah. didn't even think of. You know, it's funny. Every time I examine a patient in my office, one thing they always say, well, I have this and it's because of that. Right. I'm like, okay, see ya. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you already know what the problem is. Right. It's amazing how quickly we will trivialize something and just, the brain will want you to do this. It'll just find the cause and then back off because I'm okay. Right. But how often are we, are our, um, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Our, our perspective is erroneous. Right. We're wrong. Right. Just face it. When you were a kid, right, you were, the, the stuff that you said and did when you were playing with your friends is nothing. Right. I was just thinking of something the other day. I was watching, um, uh, last night I was uh, listening to Elton John. I was thinking of one of his albums. And there was a, a man, he was, uh, I think his guitar player, had long hair, long blonde hair, and he was sitting there. I remember myself being 10 years old, looking at this guy going, isn't it great that Elton John has women in his band, right? That, that, that's what I believed, right? But that's what a 10-year-old believed back in 1973. That's the way it was. Right. And I swear to God that he had a woman in there, right? <laughs> I can argue now when I'm 50. But it's erroneous. I'm off. I'm not absolutely correct. So when you look at marijuana, we'd say, listen, I smoked it when I was, let's say, 18 or 20, right? And I was, I was in a party and I was in college. I was kind of having a slight alteration of mood. It felt good. I liked it. It was a lot of fun. We laughed our butt off. And then maybe a few years later, every time you smoked marijuana, I felt 
perhaps paranoia. Right. And got a little anxious and it was not the same. Is it because you're older or is it because you're on birth control? Right. Is it because now you drink alcohol? Right. Or is it because your parents have moved to Spokane, Washington, and you're still in the Boston area alone by yourself? Is it because your boyfriend cheats on you? Right. Is it because you wear flannel shirts? I mean, come on, man. Who knows? Or you just have social anxiety. Or you just have social anxiety. Where did that come from? Right. You know, could it have come from somebody embarrassing you once when you were out? I mean, I don't know. Well, we're, we're hitting on a scientific method. Anyone who's ever taken a science course in their life, it's strict scientific method. You try and eliminate as many variables as possible. Right so that you can identify what is exactly wrong. And something like this, there is exponential amount of variables. So the logic of saying it's this or that is just illogical in general. Right Right off the bat, bat, right? Right. The science is out. I'm glad you're here because I like other science people that come in here. (laughs) Nothing against all my philosophy people because I have that in me, but it's nice to meet another person who believes and understands at least uh, how science works and that there's a certain way of approaching things, which is why these conversations are are, are really, really good. So, um, So yes, CBD is doesn't have the, the, the that high effect. It's the THC portion that has the high effect. Yeah. And those two can com, you know combat each other basically if they're taken at the same time. Correct. Not that you shouldn't because they're in there together, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's why I said there's over a hundred of these things. So really the medicinal benefit is to take them all. Right. But let's just say you don't want the high effect. You could magnify your CBD to take away the high effect, but also get the full spectrum medicinal benefit that is the cannabis plant. And that was the huge benefit was, how do we get all of this medicine into us without the downside or, you know, some people don't want to get high or they want to continue their life. We got to get rid of this somehow. And that was a way of doing it. Right, that makes sense. So you can either smoke this, you can eat this, you can take it through, uh, you, you talked uh, off camera, off uh, audio here about a tincture and being able to use tinctures and oils. What's the difference between those two? So there's so many different ways of ingesting this cannabis plant. Smoking it was just the most rudimentary. You know, it's probably the original way. We pick it off the plant, we dry it out, we smoke it. Right. But nowadays we realize that it's dissolved in anything from a fat or an alcohol. They're very common. So the cannabis plant can be dissolved in any fats, whether it be butter or oil. So you could easily dissolve this in, let's say, hemp oil, just regular hemp oil, which would be keep everything in the same family. Or you could do it in butter. If you want to bake a lot, butter's in a recipe. It's very easy to add this cannabis butter to. Wait, is that how they make like, you know, uh, pot brownies and things like that? Correct. So you could simmer the cannabis in butter and the cannabinoids that are in the cannabis will dissolve and incorporate into the butter. And then you strain out the plant material. So really you're just at, you just have a butter with cannabinoids in it. And then any recipe, as you read, it'll just say add a third of a stick of butter or add a half a stick of butter, just add it in normally. And you'll have a now and a hope special for the brownie. Yes, well, <laughs> something for grandma to have. Yeah. I love these brownies. <laughs> well, it's very important though to realize your dosages. Right. You know, because if you put a very potent cannabis in, your dosages of THC are going to be extremely high. Yeah. Or if you use a no a, pun intended, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's exactly what you got to be careful with. Yeah. That's why these oils now, the concentrates that are very common, are actually very useful. Because if you know the concentration, the milligrams of THC, when you add them to your brownies or whatever you're making, mathematically you can figure out, all right, this brownie is 20 milligrams because I know how many milligrams I put in the beginning. It's just division. So it made it very easy to dose yourself that way. Do I have to use all that new math crap in order to figure this out? Because I'm from the old old camp. (laughs) Unfortunately, yes. Math is your friend in here. Math, 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 math. So you, you, like when you make brownies, right? Like you get, you, you pass them out at Thanksgiving. You've just messed with your whole family, right? Correct. So how do you know? I mean, how much you're going to get? I mean, do you have to? Is it trial and error to, well, to how it affects you? Well, yeah. In general, you'd prefer to use an oil, okay. so you know that, like, uh, let's just say uh, a hash oil. You know that if it's a pure hash oil, a very high quality one, a thousand milligrams is one gram. Right. So if you have one gram of this hash oil, you can say, all right, this is a thousand milligrams. So if I put this in and I make, let's say 10 brownies, 
10 divided by a thousand is a hundred milligrams. Right. There you go. And that to me sounds like I'm on the sea of tranquility on the, on the moon. Yeah. Based on what you said a minute ago about trying to eat a brownie that might have 20 milligrams. Correct. Now it's got a hundred milligram. It's five times stronger than the early one you said. Right. You might want to just nibble on a corner of that brownie. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you know, and I've had people say to me, I tried these brownies. I go, I got really wasted. I'm like, really? Well, yeah. How much did you eat? They're like, well, I ate one. I didn't feel anything. So I ate four more. Oh, yeah. No. Bad idea. But it's the same thing. Oh, I took one shot. I didn't feel anything in five minutes. It's like, well, if you waited 20 minutes, you might have felt something. You right. know? So you don't take three more. You can't take it out once you put it in. Well, yeah. We say it's the roller coaster ride. You've hopped on. There's no getting off. The yeah. trip is over. You got to oh. wait till it rides the, all the way through. You know? <laughs> it's so funny you mentioned that. You know, I was going to school at WPI and I was living in a fraternity and this guy, Bob, uh, he was so much fun, him and I. He says, hey, Coco, he used to call me Coco. Coco, you want to try some of this? I'm like, yeah, what the heck? I'm a college student. Let's give it a whirl. I laid on the couch, <laughs> white knuckled, holding on. And I remember three of the other guys who were really experienced in the use of this uh, this plant, they looked at each other and they go, he's on the roller coaster. <laughs> and my God, they were so right. right. I felt like I was in this gyroscopic spin. It, you know, and, I, and after that, I realized that what I just said earlier to you is I just had way too much of it. I didn't have any experience. Right. I'm like, man, I'll tell you what, if you're at home and you're listening, <laughs> you're listening and you're not experienced, stay home when you try it. Right. Don't go out. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Well, it's just like alcohol too. Certain people have a higher tolerance. If they ingest a lot of it, a lot of the time, right. they'll have a higher tolerance. So you with no tolerance, hanging out with these people who hang out, smoke all the time. Right. They're feeling nothing going, what's wrong with you? Well, I don't have a tolerance for this kind of thing, yeah. you know? So. Or I didn't really have a lot of experience like they did. I right. was like, holy goodness gracious, this is unbelievable. But you hit the nail on the head too about safety here. No matter what, you ain't going to die. Right. You, you might have an uncomfortable four hours, but you're not dying, you know? <laughs> you might have your roommate with a cold compress on your head right. holding your hand, which actually is a dog licking you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But if you took that much Tylenol, you know, you'd have to go to the hospital. You know, right. it's it's too much. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that makes sense. <laughs> so anyway, that was the high portion. And I'm, I'm just thinking back to the, I don't want to say the good old days, but there was some fun being young. Of I mean, course. I didn't have a lot of responsibilities like I have today. So I really enjoyed the time that, that, that it was for me. But, you know, I haven't seen marijuana really change in my whole life. Some, it's always been generational. Young kids start with it. Now we have, you know, people in my age bracket, these professionals that go home at the end of a day and they want to calm down, chill out. Why not? You know? Well, everyone you, has their vice, and why not? Well, yeah. Who you am know? I to judge your vice versus my vice? You right, know? if it makes you feel a certain way, but it's done with responsibility. I could certainly understand that. You know, so when you look at, like, some of the conditions, like, um, you know, cancers and autoimmune disorders, I mean, what are the things that you've been learning through some of your own studies about how, the, about the positive effects of, of these cannabinoids? Um from what I've read, it has the best effect against autoimmune diseases. Now, without enough studying, we can't identify what exactly or how it does this. Right. But um, that is the the strength, I think, in what I've read a lot. Certain cancers are very good. It works very well against too. But um, from what I've read, the autoimmune diseases is really where it strives. Right. Or, you know, tumors really works well with those as well. Um, but without studying, we can't like I said, scientific method, there's too many variables. Right. Most of the time with these uh, studies, they're in a combination of other drugs that these doctors are prescribing. And that's where you're having a, a threshold here. What exactly is it? Right. You don't really know. Correct. But what you do know is that if you get a positive result, whether it's anecdotal or really stands up to all scientific principles, if it makes your life improved, that's pretty cool. Well, yeah, there's been a point where there are so many positive results that it's impossible to ignore. There is something with this plant that's helping so many people right. that there's no doubt that there's some medicinal benefit. Right. Now, for what diseases, what conditions, that's where we need to study more. Right. But without legality coming along and helping us along, we're, we're just kind of dragging our feet a little bit, procrastinating. procrastinating. I was yeah. looking at the PubMed recently about uh, breast cancer and that it had 
been shown in certain uh, conditions in certain cases that it was able to really diminish the effect of the growing tumor in the breast. Didn't do as well when it came to lung parenchyma, uh, lung tissue, but more so with breast tissue. And I was pretty happy for that. And what, and again, with the limited study, and they believe that what's happening is that the cannabinoids are actually affecting the production of uh, what they call a, uh, a prothrombic factor so that you're able to shut off, if you will. Prothrombin is a basically distribution of blood. <clears throat> what you want to do is not bring blood to a tumor. Right. Because it'll grow. That's what I've seen. It, it yeah. cuts off the blood supply to a tumor. Exactly. And all of a sudden it shrivels up and reduces yeah. in size overnight in some cases. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes the surgeons have scheduled to have tumors removed and then two weeks later the patient comes in for their surgery and they go what is going on here right i can't even find it what's going on right well this isn't just a single case this is there's been hundreds of cases of this exact result right and like i said there's too many variables but if hundreds of cases are coming back with very similar results with cannabis as one of the things that are going along with it there's got to be something here and that's why it's just like push for this yeah, we we need to study this. And the sad part is, you know, our lawmakers spend so much money on garbage that this would at least help so many people to get in there and study it. So what do you I mean, I have my ideas. Why do you think it's so difficult for us to just change the scheduling of this drug in, in America and start studying it? I think it's it's money. I think we can all agree that money is what drives politics and pretty much behavior everything in a, yeah. everything in the modern world drives on money right and this particular drug threatens a lot of people's money from the pharmaceutical industries to the oil industries to the textile industries to everything right. if you have one plant that grows readily and abundantly in many different climates and can be grown in your home that's a huge threat to a lot of powerful people. And how do we do this? We petition our congressmen and our senators to make sure that this doesn't quite go through. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I was just thinking of something. You said this thing grows abundantly. What's the name of it? What do people call it? Weed. weed. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the funniest thing? It's crazy. It's a dang weed for crying out loud. Of course, it's going to grow unconditionally almost everywhere. Rampantly. You mentioned something in our first conversation and it, it got a lot of hits. A lot of people wanted to know a little bit more about this, or at least I wanted to wanted them to be reminded of this about the pollination process and whether you, you know, the difference between marijuana that might be cultivated in an outdoor environment compared to an indoor environment. Take us back there for a minute. I want I want to hear that again. Well, like we hit on earlier is scientific method. So if you're going to grow a medicine for somebody who has a weak immune system or something, you'd want a, a clean environment. Mm. Now, you just walk outside. That is not a clean environment. You know, when you go into anywhere where medicine is created, it's it's got a clean room. It's right. literally called a clean room where you wear a suit and, you know, you have a hairnet and right. you make sure things don't get on your medicine. Because especially like injectable medicines and stuff like that, you could die. Right. Now, outdoor cannabis is in the environment. Bugs, pollen from surrounding plants will get on this plant. And, you know, we all know that everyone's allergic to probably something, you know, in the springtime, everyone's got the sniffles at least a little bit. Right. And that's just pollens or contagions in the air that you're inhaling and your body has a reaction to that. Now, cannabis is just a really big, sticky bud that's out in the wind. And that's also a suitable environment for many bugs that love to live on it. So, you know, wind blows, bugs hit it, or pollen blows across it. And bugs carry pollen as well. Correct. Yeah. And, you know, so as the pollen blows across it, it sticks this very sticky bud. And what are you doing? You're drying it out, and then you're inhaling it. <laughs> so, of course you got the sniffles. Of course you have some kind of reaction to this. And that's why you see a price difference between an outdoor cannabis plant, let's say, versus an indoor cannabis plant. And you see a difference in quality. You know, an outdoor cannabis plant is way more susceptible to, let's say, molds and mildews right. than, let's say, an indoor plant, which hasn't really come in contact with a lot of molds and mildews. Right. And those and those things will wreck your health. Those can kill you right you know so you never know and then of course you're when you're drying this cannabis plant out it has mold and mildew spores on it 
you're drying it out in a dark, humid environment, mm. which allows it to run rampant. Right. And a lot of these people, which you don't know and really don't care about you, they care about the money in it, right. will sell it no matter what, even if it has mildew on it. So what they'll do is they'll cut out the piece of mold or mildew on the bud and sell it anyway. Is this almost like taking an apple that's rotting on one side and then you just cut a piece off and sell it anyway? Correct. And it's not like you're cooking in an apple pie, which would kill any of this right. contagion. No, yeah. you're literally just inhaling it right. and saying best of luck. It's <laughs> oh, it's it's man. very it's very risky and bad. Yeah. But that's why I would go, you know, your buddy, oh, he grew this outside. Hey, would you like some? You might want to look at it and go, uh, uh, I'm gonna... good, you know? <laughs> you might want to trust him. You Unless know? you cook it down and use it as a butter and Correct. kill it. Right. Well, if you had it in like a concentrate form, right. you've actually taken that contagion out hopefully right but i mean then we hit on the, the another topic of how did they make this concentrate right Con some concentrates are made with you know um hydrocarbons like butane or something now you have to also now trust this person who made this concentrate that he purged or removed these hydrocarbons or whatever they use to make this oil right Completely. Otherwise, it would show up inside. You could probably analyze it through spectrometry or something and Correct. go, holy gosh, there's well, yeah, impurities in this. Well, even like the best, let's say, butane um, hash oil is only like 98, 99% pulled out. Right. So what's that 2%? Now, are you willing to inhale that? It's right. up to you. Right. Well, it's like if someone gives you a glass of water. Oh, there's only 1% lead in this. Well, yeah, it's not going to kill you, but... Do you want to drink 1% lead? Right. And, no. And how many times do you drink 1% lead and it has a negative effect? Correct. And how much of this before it builds up a toxicity in your body? Right. You know, your body is able to process some of these contagions, but not if you're doing it a lot. You'll have a, a buildup. Right, right. Which yeah. we've seen in a lot of these oils, these concentrates. Uh, there's a study brought about that people are adding these terpenes. It's basically a flavor profile. Pine right. has pine and terpene, lemon has a lemon and terpene. So what they're doing is they're adding these terpenes. Sometimes they're artificial and natural. When you smoke it, it tastes really good because you've just added these terpenes. But they found in studies that like, for instance, like a pine or a lemon terpene, they have a half-life. Your body is able to process these. But if you're smoking them continuously, they build up in your mm, body. Right. And then all of a sudden you have a toxicity limit on them. And they don't know what you're doing. Your doctor, you go to the doctor, oh, my kidneys are failing. Well, why? Well, we don't really know why. Well, you've been ingesting this hash oil that has this lemon and terpene in it. And oh, wow, you have this high concentration in it. Right. And all of a sudden you're starting to see this. And that's what's coming around in like, you know, all these studies of why are people getting sick from cannabis in this way or that way? It's like, right. Well, it's probably not the cannabis per se, although it could be, but it could let's be. just say, because we don't know enough. Right. But we do know that the way that they get it from an idea into your ingestion, there's a lot of variables. phases. There's a lot of variables. There's a lot of integers there. So right. you don't know, you know, what could have been it. Right. And they're really the same with medications too. You just don't realize, well, I shouldn't say that because maybe medications are... Uh, to a higher level, of course, of scrutiny. Correct. But nonetheless, they integrate with other medications and can create problems as well. Right. You know, but to be able to look at, uh, you know, the utilization of marijuana today and how many positives that it's having, we still know that there are some negatives through this. So this, we could really say that this could be, you know, a plus minus conversation the whole time. I could be the plus guy. You could be the minus guy. Right. We probably find common ground in the middle somewhere and say, okay, we know that it helps. We just don't know a hundred percent why. Right. But we're learning a little bit more each day. So we'll just keep adding to it and hopefully we can get a little further along the way with it. So one thing that I wanted to bring back up again was, again, I keep hearing this buzz around the different strains of marijuana, sativa, indica, and I just, wanted to leave it to somebody with a lot more knowledge than me. Uh, so I want to ask you about that. What, what's going on with those whole um, things? So very contrary to popular belief, sativa versus indica is kind of a, a modern age sales point. In my opinion, um, sativa and indica are just two different. They're basically cousins. Now, to say that sativa is an up and an indica is a down, which is the most common sales point, is illogical. So sativa was named by a scientist, a botanist, back in 1753 by the name of Linnaeus. And he, he came across this cannabis plant in a more um, humid, wet environment. The can cannabis sativa 
is a very tall, lanky plant. So it, stri- it thrives in a very wet, humid environment or, or you know, a moderate environment. Right. While um, cannabis indica really came from like the Hindu Kush mountains. Like when you hear Kush. Yeah. That's really where indica came from. Okay. And that's a very short, stocky plant. And a different scientist named Lamarck discovered that one in 1785. Okay. And um, so that plant stro- strived or um, thrived, sorry. Yeah. In um, really polar opposite conditions, meaning in the in the daytime it's very warm. In the nighttime it got really cold in the mountains of the you know, Hindu Kush mountains. Right. So it's, it was short, stocky. It could fluctuate between those temperatures very well. Right. And that's how we got the indica versus the sativa. Now to say that an indica plant makes you sit on the couch and it's very sleepy and a sativa plant gets you up and energized is kind of, now that you understand how they were named, it's is, dumb. is very illogical. Yeah. Why would you just say that? But really it's person to person basis. I, my favorite analogy is Adderall, for instance, a very commonly prescribed drug to some people, it calms them down, makes them steady, makes them able to study. Right. Now, to some people, it's like speed. It brings them up, very energetic. Yeah. Now, that's a person-to-person basis. Now, to say that indica and sativa is the same thing, like I said, is very illogical. It doesn't right. make sense. Well, even when sativa, even the whole marijuana and the cannabinoid system isn't studied well enough, we can't even make any of those claims. Correct. We're, we're so far off the mark. And when somebody with a voice like Oprah, who smokes weed, sorry, Oprah, she probably doesn't smoke weed, but I don't know, I'm saying it anyway. If she came out and said sativa is the number one thing that helps her to calm down and sleep at night, well, that doesn't mean it's going to happen to you know somebody else. Correct. It's just that was their experience. Right. Then we hear it from somebody that we respect so to speak and before you know it that's that's truth right i'm like yeah that's not science right that's not science and also too a lot of these strains that they're saying are sativa or indica modern day now they have been um (laughs) cross-pollinated so let's just say that they call them hybrids now but it's a sativa dominant or an indica dominant meaning they put sativa and indica and they bred them together now, oh. now that if you had a pure 100 and a pure 100, that would be a 50-50 split. Right. Well, if you have a hybrid dominant, means you know one is more influenced than the other, so it's maybe like a 60-40 split, 70-30 split. Yeah. Now to say, all right, this is a sativa dominant. This is going to get you high, like more energized. And it's like, and now you're back to placebo again. Right. Now you're just all over the place. Right. It, like I said in the first podcast, it's a lot like dog breeding. We bred a big dog and a small dog. Right. And we get a medium-sized dog, right. you know, to say, you know, and then in that same litter, you could have a really big dog or you could have a small dog. It's right. just all how the genes express themselves once they were bred. Yeah. And it's really just hit or miss. Yeah. So to say that, you know, when you, when you go to the dispensary and they're like, oh, this is Tiva dominant, it's going to get you up. Don't, don't think that way. Right. Just ingest it, see how you feel. If you like it, get a very similar strain to that. Right. Don't necessarily just go off the Latin lineage of what this is. Right. You got to experience it, I would imagine. Correct. Well, I think it took off because both names are Latin. So it makes it sound very <laughs> cool. in- intellectual. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm smarter. I'm smoking a sativa, you know? Or yeah, like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, let's be real here. The thing's named, you know, like green crack. Like really? <laughs> yeah. Like vanilla fudge, yeah. purple haze. I mean, when I was teaching neurology in Amsterdam, you know, all the, all the coffee houses had these giant... Uh, boards behind them with all the names of the marijuana. <laughs> I was like, who comes up with these? Well, stoners do, of course. Of course, you know? <laughs> like, and you're on. believing that guy, you know? Right. Oh yeah, yeah, you're gonna sleep on the couch because stoner baloney over here with dreads <laughs> down to his knees <laughs> right. told you, oh, this is gonna get you on the couch. It's like, well, not necessarily. Yeah, I don't you know? know about that. Right. But, oh my gosh. You know, I was thinking of um, the people come into my practice and ask me questions about, you know, just marijuana in general, especially the older people. Um, you know, my mom's generation was there between 70 and mid nineties now. And you know, you, you tell them something about this oil or this medicated cream or something. And, um, they're all for it until you mention that it's, you know, uh, it's a derivative of a hemp or marijuana plant. And then it, it messes with them. They're like, really? Yeah. And it's legal. Really? But I can't because my, you know, my morality tells me I can't. It kind of goes back to perhaps an old religious principle where, 
you know, I, I won't even say it. Right. It's just that, you know, that that's not appropriate. Well, yeah. Well, there's a great saying that says, um, I take truth as authority or authority as truth. Wow. You know, so really, if you were to educate yourself instead of just listening to someone, you might find out that, hey, this actually isn't as bad as everyone's been saying for 50 years. I have to tell you, I have this older person comes into my practice and she is dead set against this whole movement towards the utilization of marijuana. So I'm like, that's okay. It's, you know, it's obviously your opinion. So let me ask you a question. Do you ever, do you have a, a medicine cabinet in your bathroom? She's like, yeah, what's your point? What's in it? You open it up. What's in it for medication? I don't care about the rest. She's like, well, yeah, I have my medications. How many you got? Well, five. So let me get this straight. You take five medications where there's no scientific research about how they integrate with each other and you have no problem taking those that were manufactured by man. Right. Which, you know, I understand there's a reason for that. But then something that grows naturally in nature, you tend to diss it like it's bad. Correct. But you don't know anything about it. Right. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, okay. We can move on now. (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, someone's that they valued their opinion once told them hey, this is bad. Right. And then from then on, that's it. See, I grew up in the 60s, late 60s, early 70s, and that was a time for rebellion. I mean, my parents are from a generation, you know, God love them, it wasn't their fault. They were from a generation where all this was, I mean, it was the devil. Right. I mean, marijuana was the devil. It was a black drug, the black man. He wanted to rape the white girl. Right. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? Correct. Well, that's why they named it marijuana. Its real name is cannabis. Cannabis, yeah. So like, and if you look back old, prescriptions from well before this was illegal, you know, 1800s, early 1900s, it said cannabis on it, not marijuana. Marijuana was the Spanish or Mexican slang term for cannabis. So they rename it marijuana and they pass it through Congress. People really didn't understand what they were passing. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, wow, this isn't marijuana. This is cannabis. This is a whole different, you know, thing. (laughs) Oh my God, the name is really what sold you on it. Right. Holy crap, I didn't even think of that. Right, yeah. But yeah, you know, when, when I look at people and I say, listen, I'm not trying to change your mind, by the way, if you're listening, I'm just talking and things that I've witnessed in my own practice where people just so dead set against it. And by the way, that, I'm okay with that. If that's your opinion, I'm cool with that. I mean, it's not life or death anyway to Correct. begin with. But, you know, if well, you do- it actually could be life or death. Yeah. And eventually, you know, if your kid is suffering from a, a drastic cancer and this is proven to actually soothe some of his suffering, wouldn't you do it? Well, what, uh, what means would you stop to stop your child's suffering? Well, when you add kids, that changes everything. Because parents will do you almost anything. Correct. Especially with children do very, very well with cannabis when you look at um, seizure disorders, Correct. And movement disorders. They do phenomenal. And not just children, of course. But when you have a child that has some sort of an ictal, which is a neurology word where you've got a, an action of um, almost like a... Um, a seizure activity within the brain, which is causing this, you know, abnormal mo- movement pattern. The kids in this, you know, almost like a grand mal seizure, and they happen hundreds of times a day. I mean, that child's not going to live very long. Right. You add a little bit of cannabis oil underneath the tongue and see the change, and you go, "Holy moly, what happened?" Right. And it wasn't much of a placebo because that kid was already out of it. Right. So you put something in there that made a difference, and it makes sense to look at it a little deeper and say, "Hey, listen." I'm going to have to put aside my emotional connection to the to the plant if I if I want to. You don't have to if you're listening. You don't have to. Right. But I would ask people just consider what you don't what you're not doing now because it is legal in the state of Massachusetts. Maybe not in other states, but because it's legal where I am, I'm not saying let's go out and get high. You know, that's not my point. Is that um, you can use marijuana for. Uh, conditions that are not being well affected by the mainstream modern allopathic model of medication. If it's not working, then perhaps there's another way to go about it. Correct. Right? And I don't want to stand there, and, you know, as a with the white flag and say I, I'm only going to do natural things. Right. I'm just Correct. trying to be a healthier person that can enjoy the process of being alive while I'm here. Obviously, right. Correct. But I know that some like when I was a youngster in high school and college when. You know, marijuana was, it's prevalent in every generation, is it not? Oh, yeah. I mean, you already talked about Linnaeus and Lamarck in the 1700s. They already knew that marijuana was doing its thing, right? Well, yeah, and that was long before that. They found hemp seeds in Egyptian tombs from 3,000 years ago. Right, what, what were they doing? They getting a little high and praying to uh, Ra. Or, or, yeah, or they had seizure disorders back then, and this somehow worked. And right. all of a sudden, hey, maybe this is why they used it. You know, that... I, 
I think that's really where you need to look back on history. You know, history yeah. will always show you lessons that we're overlooking now. Oh, totally. You can't see it all until you've had enough time to sit back and really see what its effects have been. Correct. Know? I look at, uh, you know, people, even myself when I was a youngster, when we would partake with it in high school and college, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of great times enjoying other, you know, colleagues and peers and laughing and having just pure joy and happiness. And then it got heavy. And life got heavy. I thought it was maybe the marijuana that made it heavy. Maybe it was. But I did know that my brain was starting to realize that I got a lot of work to do in my life. Right. You know, I got to finish a degree. I got to pay for it. I got to get a job. I need to, you know, settle down. I didn't need to, but this is the things that I wanted. And then it became something that produced more of a paranoia. Right. Rather than something that gave me a sense of ease and comfort. Correct. You know, now it's like I see people in that, you know, for me, it was like in those 30s and 40s area of life where you go, yeah, I'm not, I'm not touching that. Right. Because last time I did, I was paranoid and that stuff produces paranoia. Right. Right. And then you try it in your 50s and you go, how come I'm not paranoid anymore? Right. And that goes back to our original conversation that perhaps it's not just the marijuana, obviously, it's the other parameters of our lives and other things that have happened. Well, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there with those years of your life are the, the most developmental, also the most stressful. Right. You're, you're going through an identity crisis of who I want to be versus who I am. Yeah. And then, of course, you add a, an illicit drug or something to it. Right. And all of a sudden you, you go through your head, oh, that must be why I'm being paranoid. Right. O or it could just be, you know, you're a little stressed out and you don't really know who you are and you don't really know the direction your life's taking. And right. maybe this isn't for you right now, but in the future, don't rule it out completely. Right. Just keep the doors open. Doesn't mean you have to partake in anything. And why do I say that? I'm not a manufacturer of marijuana making any money. I got no skin in the game. Correct. I just want to see people have a better life. But you hit... There's another point, no skin in the game. Now you're listening to people about this, about cannabis, who have a skin in the game, right. who are saying, don't do it. Why? What's their motive? You should be asking yourself, right. what is their, why are they so against it? Right. They obviously have something to lose if they're so against it. Right. You know, and now you're Otherwise, why them. bother, right? Correct. Yeah. If, if it doesn't affect them at all, they wouldn't have an opinion, would right. they? Right. So all You always sudden, attack the things that you're afraid of because it's going to take something away from you. Correct. Yeah. And these are the people who are in power saying, you know, this is illegal. Right. So they have something to lose, obviously. Now, we don't know what, but we right. can guess pretty well. Well, know. we know what makes the world go round. At least, you know, obviously there's love and compassion and empathy. I get it. But when you look at organizational power, it's money. Right. It all comes down to dollars and cents, of which course. you can and you can't make, right? It's like, come on, man. Who do you think you're kidding? Exactly. <laughs> but a lot of people don't look at things in life like that. Why is someone against it? They don't ever ask the question why. Right. And that's really, you're going to start understanding things a little better of like, maybe he's insulting this or insulting people who do it because if it does catch on, he's got something to lose. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm... I believe my own heart of hearts at Big Pharma is one of the reasons that we're a little hung up in at a federal level with marijuana. Right. Because they have a strong lobby and they don't want these types of medications or these types of plants to produce what I don't believe they can patent. And if you can't patent it, then you can't get its its uh, you know its sole rights to it. Correct. Therefore, anybody can grow it and do it, and then you're losing profits as a consequence of even if it was just for something as simple as you know a, a subtle autoimmune problem or an insomnia. Right. It seems to do better. Well, it's funny you brought up the patent. Now they have a synthetic or a man-made version of cannabis, a THC called mm -hmm. Meridol. I'm pretty sure it's called Meridol. It starts with an M, but yet they've patented that. Now, you can't patent the cannabis plant, but you can patent a synthetic version that man made. Why would you patent that if it had no medicinal benefit? Number one. Correct. Yes. So now you're starting to you know, dissect this a bit and be like, well, they wouldn't ever have patented it if there was no benefit. Right. And there's financial benefit this way, but they can't get it on the other side of this because anyone can grow it in their backyard. And what would you rather do? Take something that was manufactured by a drug company over the past 10 years, 
or something that's lived up to millions of years of selectivity. Correct. The, med- the, the, the plant has been here for so long. Our relationship with it, whether we like it or not, is powerful. You said earlier things like you know animals in the fields, like deer and, and whatever it is that you might go and hunt and eat. It was also like when a deer goes and eats an apple in an orchard and poops out in a field. You get an apple tree five years later, right? Correct. So they're carrying these things everywhere, these seeds, and they become part of their meat and we eat them. And then we're exposed to them genetically over a lifetime. Well, yeah. Human evolution has had this plant next to it since the dawn of our evolution. Right. Now, you could say that since it's a weed, it's really everywhere. Yeah. And yet we have a cannabinoid system in our body, like the nervous system, that yeah. is very understudied, yet we don't really know what it does. Now, if you think about it, if we've been evolving next to this plant, which Every animal we've ever eaten ate its seed or was associated with it, and we used it for multitude of uses. Right. You gotta assume that we evolved next to this thing. Of course, our body needs some of something from it. You know, right. whether vitamins or antioxidants or amino acids, we were getting something from it. Right. And now that you've removed this from our diet or everyday life, why do you think there is certain cancers or autoimmune diseases that? obviously exponentially come across as we decrease our ingestion of the cannabis plant. Right. Now, it's no study has proven any of this, but you can draw but, a slight connection. But there. this is how it begins. You ask the question, you say, well, is it possible? Correct. You're like, well, yeah, I distinctly think it's possible that right. these types of things can happen. So let's put this into a more um, applicable scenario today. Uh, when it comes to being around certain um, chemicals that come from the environment. So think about this. Today, most of the corn grown in America is delivered to the animals. That's their feed. But they don't naturally eat those in the real world. But they do now because that's what we force feed them. So if an animal eats, like a cow, eats a ton of corn, then the corn is converted into arachidonic acid in their body, which is an inflammatory reagent. It gets into the meat and we eat it. This is why people are always talking about eating grass-fed beef. Well, cows eat grass. That's what their whole life, their their diet is. It's been that way for millions of years. Right. But only in the past 50 years or plus, we've been growing so much corn that we just give it to the cows. Right. Now their body's producing all this inflammatory chemistry through arachidonic acid cycles, which is for any scientists out there, there's a prostaglandin cycles that produce prostaglandin E2. Okay, is that good? No, that that's very inflammatory for us. It makes us feel like crap. So while you're eating burgers and and you know and steaks from the grocery store that were manufactured by animal or, or created from animals that were eating corn, it only makes sense. We are one with our natural element. So when we look at something like marijuana, has it been here forever? Yes. In one form or another, have humans been integrated with it? Yes. So I'm looking at Big Pharma saying, well, we're going to do a, uh, a research study or not even. We're just going to synthetically manufacture something that does the same. I go, at, at what peril, though? At what When you look at a molecule under like uh, um, an organic molecule, like an, through organic chemistry, right? Which everybody's ever taken. It hates it. Sorry, I hated it, too. But I did it. So you got all these carbons in there and all these different adjuncts to it, pieces around it. They're methane molecules, they're hydrogen and oxygen. They're all over this damn thing, right? So if Big Pharma says, we got it, this is it. But Mother Nature says, are you kidding me, dude? I've been doing this for five million years. What you think you got might give an effect, but you're going to have to save 10 seconds on the commercial so that you can tell us how it's going to wreck your body while we're at it because we're not sure. Right. Where marijuana doesn't wreck anybody because it's had what? Years and years and years of utilization so that we know that it's a safe product. We can all agree with it. Right. And some would say, well, in isolated cases, it's not. Well, I could say that about anything. Correct. You know, so. Well, you've seen this in like diabetes has come rampant in Americas. Right. Really, North America, it's a very big problem. Being around the world, it's not so much. Not like us. Correct. Yeah. Why? Because, you know, we have a high sugar intake, you know, it's a it's a common known thing. Right. We're so, stressed out. We add cortisol to that problem, which makes problems for the liver. The liver doesn't process very well. It makes triglycerides, which makes the liver fat, which makes you more sensitive, to, less sensitive to insulin. Correct. And it's like, what? Well, it comes to the saying, you are what you eat. Right. And, you know, if you've been evolving next to this plant, that's a weed that grew everywhere. Right. It's very easy to harvest and, you know, like survival depends on 
availability of your food. And that's a readily available thing that we've been evolving next to for thousands of years. And yet for the past 50 years, it disappeared. There has to be a consequence to that. Now, what is it? We don't know. But theoretically, you can extrapolate this out and say there's got to be one. Yeah. Yeah. We may not know today. But this is where this is what you do. You start asking questions and be able to understand a little bit more. And I think at least our conversation today touched many different facets where people are just, I hope that they gain a little bit more of an educational process through this. And at least a couple of dudes talking about weed, <laughs> you know, doesn't hurt either. But of course, but like we've been talking about, don't take our word for it. Be an educated person. Right. Go out and do the research. Don't right. take people's opinion for it. Yeah, don't you can take, take them in and just decide what works for you. Right. Don't right. take authority as truth, but truth is authority. Exactly. You know? And then from there, you could maybe have a good time while you're at it. Correct. I'm finding that I read a study recently that said that um, out of this control group, they were all asked to smoke the marijuana and they were all having sex. It was 100%. We're all going to have a sexual action afterwards at home in the privacy of their own home and asked to fill out a survey afterwards. And 67% said that after they had smoked the marijuana together with their partner, they had the best sex they had had in years. And then, of course, 33% said that they were paranoid. Correct. Is it because, you know, marijuana makes, get you like randy, if you will? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, Correct. right? But maybe it quells inhibition. Right. That may have been instilled through, and I can only speak for myself, through Catholic mass. Right. Right? The old Catholic guilt. Or pre- goes, preconditioning goes, is what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was yeah. already conditioned for something. So it was a blockade in my in my cerebrum that would slow me down from, you know, from being involved in things that I wanted to be that would bring joy. Marijuana was able to potentially open that up right. and to help people to think on really deep levels that they may not have been thinking about that way before. So yeah. there are some pretty powerful things. And if you look at people in our in our government, the the, the the men that wrote the Constitution, right? The Jeffersons and the Franklins, they were utilizing all of this from what the record says. It's oh, like, yeah. and yet they're still revered as some of the most intelligent people that, you know, that graced America, that created America. Right. You know, the old adage that you smoke weed, you're a burnout. Wow. That's a, that's dumb. Hey, right. That exactly. was just ignorance, right? Well, yeah. Well, they actually found out that William Shakespeare all those beautiful plays he wrote. They found a pipe in his garden with cannabis residue in it. Oh, man. So, so if just, I had known that, I would have paid more attention when I was studying <laughs> Hamlet. <laughs> no wonder Oedipus was such a exactly. fun movie. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just too funny. We could go on forever. But, you know, the important thing is, is I think you nailed it, on, you nailed it earlier, that we're not the authorities... We're just people that have an interest in it and our backgrounds have brought us to a place where we can talk about it, at least in confidence. We're also confident that we don't know certain things as well. So I hope we don't come off like somebody there saying they're not the authorities. There are no authorities, all right? But what we've done is we've been able to understand it through utilization. And you know, you've had a lot of experience. So it's it's nice for you to share yourself that and I love what you said. You said, Hey man, you try it at home. Be safe. See if it gives you the response that you want, whether it's sativa or whether it's indica. You know, that that's just talking points. Right. Ultimately is what happens when you are doing it at home. Right. And if you're not sure, you know, you listen to a podcast, you get a little something right. Maybe you go to Google. <laughs> I don't know. But there's still people out there that have more experience than us. They may not have the science behind it because I don't think anybody really does. Right. Uh, but we do know that it's a viable source. And obviously today in America, people are getting great results from it. Yes. Yay, we're pretty good. (laughs) Well, listen, I just want to say thank you very much, obviously, for coming back on again and sharing your expertise with us. It was uh, my pleasure. And uh, we're very happy to have you here. The next time, uh, we'll burn one. Yeah. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And I got somebody outside my house right now. Can you hear it? Yeah. (laughs) I think they're high. Yeah. (laughs) There's somebody outside doing leaf blowing outside my house right now. (laughs) They just started doing it. It's kind of crazy. All right, John, it's been great having you, buddy, and uh, I'll chat with you soon. Thank you for having me. Okay, buddy, ciao.